crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from American Family Field, here's your host, Dominic Catronio. Winning is fun, but beating the Cardinals is great. Shutting out the Cardinals, now that's priceless. 4-0 Brewers win. It's their third shutout in the last four games. It's the fastest they have ever made it to three shutouts in franchise history, only needing seven games to get to three shutouts. We knew the pitching was going to be good. The offense did just enough. There's a lot to break down. A lot of good from this one from the Brewers. They have won six consecutive games, especially after everybody was panicking after the first 16 innings of the season. Shockingly, there was a lot more baseball to play as we welcome in Jeff Cirillo here onto the show. Rillo, look, 16 innings to start the year and everyone's freaking out. You look at it now, and the way I feel is four runs tonight was probably the least amount of runs they could have scored given how much traffic they had on the base pass. What do you take away from this win tonight? Man, I'll tell you, three three shutouts in a row and against two great teams in the Mets and the Cardinals. It's always be, nice to beat the Cardinals, uh, kind of the uh, big brother in the division for many years. So it's nice to get that first one in the books. And again, Woodruff was outstanding and the rest of the guys were outstanding as well. I'm looking down at the, the pitching, just the relievers. I mean, there's not a lot of paint being put on these guys as the season started so far. Yeah, it's one of those things that a lot of folks, and myself included, are like, all right, well, we'll see what the bullpen's going to do. We'll see what they've got going on. And this would have been a great opportunity for them to fold. I think we should just go ahead and jump right into that big decision there that Craig Council made uh, when it comes to pulling Woodruff in the sixth inning after allowing the walk to Alec Burleson. He went to Yoel Piomps, kind of unproven. The game was still very much close at that point. It was still only a, a 2 nothing lead for the Brewers. And he goes to Yoel Piomps. What did you make of that decision in the moment before what we knew what would happen in that sixth inning? Well, I think the Woodruff had gotten maybe to his pitch count. I think it was around 85 pitches, but he had some taxing pitches, although the stuff was still dominant and a lot of uh, a lot of chink hits and not a lot of hard balls hit off him. They, they battled him and they worked him into a, into deeper counts. So he was at 85 pitches and, and he went to Piamps. And that's the thing about Craig Council. It's like, you have a role, this is your role. And Piamps came in and he walked one guy, and then he let the one ball that probably should have gone foul. Contreras probably, they should have been probably yelling at him to let the ball go foul because there was no play. But then he settled down, and, and then he got O'Neill to, that was really, pretty much the key of the game was getting O'Neill to, to ground out in the inning. Yeah, it was wild to me because, for one, it's game two. I had a few folks reach out to me on Twitter on this one. If you want to chime in, if you want to text in, a few texts have already rolled in. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Folks are already panicking, kind of seeing you know visions of the past. Like, oh, no, they're pulling the starter too soon, and he was rolling. as a Look, start number two. He was in the 80s for his pitch count, so he's not fully stretched out yet. Furthermore, his velo was a little bit down in that inning. He was down to 93 on his fastball in that last at-bat to Burleson. And it's the third time through, and I know folks want to see pitchers go deeper and want to see pitchers, you know, bring me back the eight-inning, you know, starts and the nine-inning starts. Look, it's the game's just not quite the same in that regard. Woodruff did his job tonight, and the bullpen even furthermore did their job. I mean, it could have been very easy for Piams. You mentioned the ground out or, or the ground ball that Arenado hit. For him to spiral from there, right, especially given he walked Contreras, the next batter, and 
the gift from Tyler O'Neill to end up grounding out and the swings that he was taking. It was just such an odd day for Cardinals hitters when they had count leverage. I mean, how many bad 3-0, 3-1 swings did we see tonight from St. Louis? And I think that's part of the reason for this victory and the result that it was. Well, I saw the one that Contreras swung. I mean, the 3-0 sinker that was you know, basically at his kneecap that he swung at. And so you're right. I mean, they're just basically, when you get in that mode, you get into the 3-0 mode, it's just like, okay, he's going to just groove one right here. And you're almost preset to swing. And sometimes, uh, you know, it doesn't work out. And for tonight, it was the Brewers, Brewers feasted on that. And I also want to give kudos to Matt Bush having to face the, you know, the Lions den there in the eighth inning. Yes, it feels a little better with a 4 nothing lead and nobody on base coming into a clean inning, but he gets Burleson. He ends up walking Goldschmidt, but, I mean, I'm not going to blame anybody for walking the NL MVP from a year ago, and he's still coming in white hot. He gets Arenado fooled badly on that curveball, and then he gets Contreras to pop out. Look, strikeouts are sexy, I know. But if you're getting guys out and you're getting weak contact, that's that's your job. That's the name of the game. And Matt Bush, that curveball is looking very, very effective in the early goings. There are a lot of folks concerned about Matt Bush at the way he ended last season. But that curveball has been so impressive. And any day that you can get a win and you don't need to use Devin Williams, that's an extra win added on top of that. Yeah, I mean, I think Craig Council did a great job bringing Bush into that situation when you're facing the meat of the order. And then he turned it over to Wilson with a four-run lead, and you can save Williams for tomorrow or, or the next day. But I think that the council manages bullpen great tonight. It, it was a, really a master class from him. I, I do want to talk about the walks coming up in the next segment, uh, talking about the offense and things like that. But also, let's talk about the fact that th- – let me read some stats to you here, Cirillo, and just react to this. All right, so I've got uh, on my Twitter, at Dom underscore Catronio, the Brewers – Hitting slash line so far in the season and their MLB ranks, all right? So they haven't hit a ton of homers. Willie hit one tonight. They've got a 456 slugging as a team. That's eighth in all of baseball. And you feel like they still have room to add some more slugging in that regard, right? Then you look at their batting average. They're 285 as a team, and that's fifth in all of baseball. But here's the, the, the cherry on top. Their team on base percentage is 381. As a team, that is the best in baseball. This is the team that the Brewers are wanting to put out every night. Create havoc on the base paths, always have traffic out there, and make the other team execute when the heat is at its highest point. Well, yeah, I mean, you look tonight, look at tonight's box scores, um, you know, the eight walks and six strikeouts. And it all, I mean, the hitting coach did an outstanding job of getting these guys to really buy into shorten up your swing, put the ball in play, especially with guys in runners and square position. I mean, every time I, I see them, they're hitting a sack fly. So, I mean, if you look at the hits, I mean, Telez had a line out to left field or, or a deep ball out to left field for a sack fly. Adamas hit a home run. Mitchell hit a home run. I'm a base hit the other way with two outs to score a run. Terang started that one inning with a, a line drive to left, to left field. Even the two-strike approach from Contreras where he just punched the ball through the right side. So, whatever the hitting coach is talking, uh, these guys are soaking it up. Yeah, Connor Dawson, Ozzy Timmons, they deserve uh, a lot of credit for what they've been doing. They took a lot of unjustified heat last season when the team was struggling and things were the way they were. This roster is a different construction. They're trusting the rookies, things of that nature. Uh, I want to get to a few texts before we take our first break of the night. This one from Doug. I know it's early, but yet a sweep 
gives the Brewers a six-game lead on St. Louis. Look, we're not looking at standings until the trade deadline, okay? We don't care about standings until the deadline. Not bad for nine games, though. I've seen leads like that hold up all year, and with this pitching, they will avoid big losing streaks. To me, this team is for real. Thanks for the text there, Doug. Mike in Colorado, a very good shutout win tonight to begin the series. Nice outing for Woodruff. Seems like once the crew gave him the lead first, and the and the uh, bullpen did well to keep it, encouraging to see Piomps earn his way out of that sixth inning. And uh, he had a question we'll address a little bit later on about stolen bases and things of that nature. If you want to participate, once again, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talk and text line. This is Brewers Extra Innings brought to you by Fifth Third Bank with a local Milwaukee team. Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years, offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value only. Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. We'll take a breather and talk more brewers coming up after this. Brewers get the win 4-0 over the Cardinals. First of three games this weekend, this Easter weekend, down here at American Family Field. I'm Dom. He's Jeff. Thanks for joining us here tonight. We're with you till 1130 here this evening. We're going to hear from Craig Council and get some highlights a little bit later on in the show. Uh, addressing the text line here with uh, Jeff Cirillo before we get ready to talk about the offense. Texts are calling in uh, saying, all about the future with Churio. Freelick, Yelich, Mitchell, and Weimer, all outfielders and only four lineup spots available when you include the DH. What will be the plan there? Uh, I think it's a little early to talk about Churio. He did just make his double-A uh, season debut tonight. Uh, he went two for four with a couple of RBIs, so great stuff. A good start for Biloxi. They won 3 nothing tonight, so good things for Churio. Let's cross that bridge when we get there. When when you have too many players to perform in the outfield and it's great, that's, you know, depth is good and decisions would have to be made. Some analysts have said maybe one day Sal Freelich will play second base if Terang eventually slides to short like some expect him to do eventually. Uh, and then, you know, you put Yelich as a permanent DH, then you put Churio in left, Mitchell in center, and Weimer in right, something like that. But I think that's a question for another time a little bit later on down the road. Appreciate the text, though, as well. 855 616 one six twenty. So Jeff, we were texting during the game, talking about all these walks. You mentioned it, eight walks drawn by the Brewers' offense tonight, and I said it at the top of the show that I felt like four runs was like the fewest runs they could have scored tonight. They left ten runners on base. Can you take me into a dugout? Take me into the batter's box of when you know a guy like Jack Flaherty, who's got electric stuff when he's on, but tonight was an example when he's off, and it kind of lulls you to sleep, does it not? It's just hard to, you know. Be the patient one and say, oh, there's a strike that I can actually finally hit now when he's walking literally everybody. You know, it's one of those ones where you just see that the pitcher's struggling out there, so you just kind of keyhole him. And it looked like he was really pulling his fastball away off the plate. And so, I mean, that's what made Barry Bonds so great is that, you know, he might get one or two pitches a whole game and, and you'd have the pitcher just scattering scattering the outer part of the, the box. And so sometimes it does get a little tough because the one time then he'll freeze you and he'll make a few pitches. And to his credit, I mean, he's an all-star type pitcher. So even though he didn't have his best command, he still was able to wiggle out of there with just giving up as many runs as he did. As we look at the, the Cardinals right now, look, Adam Wainwright is hurt. Uh, Jordan Montgomery will start tomorrow. There's energy in the Brewers dugout. Obviously the national media saw what the Cardinals lineup is and, 
said, oh, they'll be fine without the pitching, and oh, we don't really know about the Brewers, so let's go with the Cardinals. Is there reason, you know, obviously this is a Brewer-centric show, but is there reason to believe that this is the Cardinals and this is who they are, that the pitching is always going to be that thing that's holding them back? Is Do you feel like there is maybe something a little bit deeper here where the Brewers really actually are the better team and the Cardinals can't ignore the warts that is their pitching staff? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, it all starts and stops with the starting pitching, right? I mean, the pitchers for the Brewers have relatively stayed healthy other than maybe Peralta last year. But, you know, if you every team goes into spring training, if they can keep their five guys, especially the Brewers, if they can keep those five guys going with 30 to 32 starts a season, I mean, at the end of the year, the numbers are going to look pretty darn good. But as far as the the, uh, the Cardinals go, I mean, their, their ace pitcher, Wainwright's out. And so that's a big blow to them. Now, right now you have to go to the depth of your – of your farm system and and you know every team has about six seven eight nine guys on that depth chart it just depends how deep your your farm system is i think it's a great example too you look at the contrast between the cardinals current setup with their pitching staff and the brewers current setup with their pitching staff and obviously there are different intersections of development the brewers you know bought into pitching development years prior the Cardinals have a great farm system. I'm not knocking that. I think they do a great job down there in St. Louis. But what I'm saying is you look at the depth for the Brewers, right? They are able to absorb a blow that you know we learned today, Aaron Ashby, with that surgery uh, to his left shoulder. The best-case scenario is he's back in September, but quite frankly, why rush it? Let's let the dude get healthy kind of thing. The Brewers are able to absorb that, and they have Bryce Wilson, Adrian Hauser on his way back. The acquisition of Wade Miley is looking like a masterclass once again from Matt Arnold. And it's just a reminder that you can never have too much depth. Oh, that's exactly. And guys like Miley, you know, I mean, they've, you look at the back of their baseball card and they just always seem to post the innings pitch. And really, when it comes down to it, it's those innings pitched, you know, getting five, six innings out of your starters. Because at the end of the season, I mean, someone has to pitch those innings. So health is a, is a huge factor. And, and, Fortunately for the Brewers, they have some depth there. And you look at the bullpen. Yes, there's a lot of guys that some folks maybe don't know. I, th- I still, we finally got to see more of Gus Varland's changeup today. Goodness gracious, that was filthy. Uh, still didn't get to see Devin. Didn't need to see Devin Williams today, but he's pitched well so far. Hobie Milner continues to impress once again. Didn't need Peter Strzelecki today. Yes, it doesn't have the sexy all-star names, but if the guys are getting outs. They're getting outs, and that's what Jim Henderson and Chris Hook are able to do. They're able to get outgetters, as Craig Council calls his bullpen. I'm going for outgetters. Whoever is the <laughs> right guy for that situation, just like going to Piomps in the sixth. Yeah, I mean, with with quality teams, you know, the, there's probably only two, one, two, three spots, maybe at the end of the roster out of spring training. Pretty much your roster is set. You know, Varlin obviously, you know, opened some eyes as a Rule 5 guy, but he's not a guy that's just being stashed on a roster. I mean, just in the last game that we did, I mean, it was a competitive game with the Cubs, wind blowing out, and he let, in council let Varlin finish that game. So, you know, he's going to use all the guys, and, and with today's pitching and the way the starters only go about five or six innings, the bullpens are huge. The bullpens have been great, and tomorrow Eric Lauer try to give a little bit of length for the Brew Crew. It's a pair of uh, southpaws going at it tomorrow for Brewers and Cardinals. will try to take another series win and make it seven victories in a row. Probably going to see Luke Voigt get the start tomorrow, give Rowdy a day off. We'll talk more about Rowdy and more specifically about this offense, what we've seen from them, like Willie Adamas going yard for the first time tonight. 
and opposite field being the theme coming up after this break. Don't go anywhere. Brewers Extra Innings continues after this. Jeff Cirillo still joining us. I'm Dom Catronio. Thanks for tuning in. Late night. I mean, it's amazing how spoiled we are in this new game. Brewers win 4 nothing, And, yeah, there wasn't a ton of offense in this one, a ton of walks. Isn't it kind of wild, Jeff? We were talking about it here in the press box that the game was two hours and 45 minutes and it felt like a slog. Whereas this, if you got this kind of game last year, we'd be like, you know, parading down the streets. This is the new era of baseball. Speed it up, baby. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, um, I, I kind of like it. Sometimes I think it's, it, I get a little frantic watching the game sometimes with the pitch clock going. And sometimes you feel, I, I think for it, it helps hitters and it, and it helps pitchers in both regards. You know, sometimes a, a hitter might might be a little jumpy at the plate and, you know, and then he's got this clock and sometimes you want to get out of the box and kind of settle yourself. And the pitcher too, right? If he's got a first and second situation, bunt play, there's a lot of wheels spinning up there and with the pitch clock always being in there. But as far as for the game of baseball and the, the pace of play, I think it's great. Yeah, and this is we'll get into it in this segment, but there was uh, the first pitch clock violation against the Brewer in this game. It was against Brandon Woodruff, but more on that in a little bit later. It's time now for our difference-making moment of the game, brought to you by Annex Wealth Management. Annex Wealth Management is different, not driven by commission sales, not pushing financial products you don't actually need for elite Comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. Contact Annex Wealth Management. Know the difference. AnnexWealth.com. So the difference-making moment of the game. Jeff Cirillo, I will let you have the floor first. What was your big moment in this win? I think it was Wilson Contreras with the bases loaded, hitting into the, into the double play to end the inning. You know, kind of took the, sail out of the, the wind out of the sail of the Cardinals in that situation. I agree, and there's that. That was also the at bat that had the pitch clock violation against Brandon Woodruff. So before the count even begins, it's already one nothing against Contreras, a guy you have plenty of history against, both good and bad history. He falls behind two and zero and gets into a roll in that six four three double play with the bases loaded in an inning where nothing was hit hard. I mean, it was a, a couple bloop singles, one by Donovan. One by Arenado, uh, the infield hit by Burleson in there too, but they got Goldschmidt to strike out, and then that double play to Contreras. I agree, that is a great difference-making moment. It kept it a 2 nothing game, and the Brewers didn't look back from there. I'm going to go an inning prior. I'm going to go back to the uh, third inning, and with Garrett Mitchell at the plate, the already one run was in on the sack fly from Telez, and after Contreras hit an opposite field single to keep the to keep the line moving with two outs, Garrett Mitchell on a one one pitch goes to the opposite field a liner over Arenado into left field to score the second run of the game. It was just another unselfish at bat by the Brewers and what they were able to do of getting bat to ball of the nine hits tonight. Six of them, six, were to the opposite field. That is some ridiculous stuff there, and it's clearly a team emphasis moving forward. What do you think about that? Well, I think that you ask any pitcher that's out there, they don't they don't like when guys go the other way on them. You know, uh, it, it means they're seeing the ball deep in the counts. It means that they're, they're not susceptible to breaking balls, and just it's, it's harder to um, shift on those guys. Granted, there's not as much shifting going on, but you still have, you still have the ability. Like, I, I remember when I was playing, you know, a lot of a lot of pitchers or catchers would be like, man, you're hard to defend because you know you can take that fastball in the inner half and hit it the other way, you know. But that's kind of the key to the game, is right being able to handle that ball out over the plate. It just sets you up for every other pitch. Yeah, and, and when it comes to opposite field, we got to see some opposite field power as well. 
Willie Adamas to right center, just beyond the Cardinals' uh, bullpen, and 404 feet away, a smash for Willie, his first home run of the season, and it was on a 98-mile-an-hour sinker from Jordan Hicks, making another example of what you're saying there, Jeff. Seeing the ball well, willing to go the opposite field, and I think back to Willie in 2021, he really was showing off the opposite field power in 2021. It kind of disappeared last year, and the fact that his first homer of this season is to the other way, I think that's a great sign for Willie. Well, it's one of those blessings that a, that a hitter has is the ability to hit the ball out in any ballpark when you take guys' best fastball, 98 miles an hour sinker, and driving it off the, the, the sign out in center field. I mean, as a hitter, there's nothing better than hitting a ball that's a home run to the opposite field. And for this team, right, We've talked about, I talked about the slugging a little bit ago, the fact that they still are in the top 10 in all of baseball as an offense with their slugging percentage, a lot of that coming, of course, against the Mets this past week. And yes, we're only seven games in. But at the same time, you do feel like the big boppers have not arrived, right? Willie gets his first tonight. Rowdy got his first the other day against the Mets. Uh, Garrett Mitchell has three home runs. Brian Anderson has three home runs. Not exactly guys you'd expect to be having three homers. I, I think it's another example of this Brewers team showcasing the fact that, yes, understand that last year they were third in the National League in home runs, and they hit a ton of them, and it got them nowhere. Home runs are cool. There's nothing wrong with homers, but they understand you need to have a variety in your offense in order to win more games than they did last year and make it back into the postseason. The variety of offense, it's hard to attain, but those are what the best characteristics of teams in the postseason do. They're able to pressure you getting guys on base, and the moment you make a mistake, boom, they still have the capability to hit home run. You're exactly right. I mean, uh, you see what they did to Scherzer. I mean, Flaherty tonight, I mean... the it's not like uh, it's one of those ones. You look at the Dodgers, and just we talked about this last time. The blueprint of is like going first to third and passing the baton to the next guy. Yelich had two walks in a night. And if you look up and down the lineups, everyone was productive either with a hit or a walk. So I mean, it's definitely they bought into it. And then Timmons and the other hitting coach are doing an outstanding job. It's been great stuff so far from the Brew Crew. They win four nothing tonight. Brewers extra innings. Uh, here, we'll be with you till the bottom of the hour at 11.30, but this is where we're going to say goodnight to Jeff Cirillo, and you'll be back with us all weekend long on this Easter celebration weekend. Jeff, really appreciate your insight as always, my friend, and uh, we'll be right back to it tomorrow. Thanks, Tom. Can't wait. Awesome. Great stuff from Jeff Cirillo, former Brewer, hanging out with us here on Brewers Extra Innings. We're going to have the news here at the top of the hour, then we're going to take a quick break after that. Stay with us. Craig Council, highlights, and more coming up on Brewers Extra Innings after this. Rolling on from a very dark and quiet American family field here in the press box, I'm Dom Catronio. Our thanks once again to Jeff Cirillo. We'll be with you to the bottom of the hour. Uh, we've got Craig Council coming up in this segment, highlights in the next segment, and then we'll say goodnight a little bit later on and preview tomorrow's show uh, it'll be a 6-10 first pitch tomorrow against 6-10, but we are on the air at 5 o'clock with Brewers Warm-Up with yours truly. We'll be with you till 5.35 for the On Deck Show, built by Menards. That'll be over with our friends next door, Lane and Bob. We'll have that for you. And then uh, we're ready for baseball. It'll be Jordan Montgomery and Eric Lauer tomorrow. And I hope to see you out here at the ballpark for Easter weekend. You know, maybe you'll take Sunday off, but maybe not. You know, I mean, maybe hopefully uh, we'll have the roof open by sometime 
uh, when the Brewers come back from this West Coast trip because the weather looks great next week. That'll be a whole lot of fun to see. But still uh, all bottled up here and ready to go in National Beer Day in the Sud Series. Of course, Miller and uh, Budweiser. Miller gets the win in this one. If you haven't seen it, it's on my Twitter, by the way, at Dom underscore Catronio. I tweeted a photo. I was talking to Owen Miller today in the dugout. And Owen, uh, I was looking at on the dugout, and I saw this awesome glove with the Miller, you know, like the scripted with the underlined red Miller logo written out. And it just says, it's Miller time on a guy's glove, like where you put your name on the thumb. And I said, well, this has to be Owen Miller's. And he comes over and he picks up a glove. So that's your piece, right? He goes, dude, this was a, a gift from my brother. His brother's a prospect, too, in the Twins organization. And was basically saying, like, yeah, I, you know, he, he didn't exactly like the webbing, and he gave it to me. I got it relayed so it matched Brewer's colors. And, I mean, it's perfect that my last name is Miller. I'm playing for the Brewers. You know, obviously, I still call it, you know, it's American Family Field now. It used to be Miller Park. So it's a match made in heaven here on National Beer Day. It's absolutely perfect. I tweeted it as well, at Dom underscore Catronio. Uh, let's get into our next segment here. This is called Who's Hot and Who's Cold, brought to you by Cider Heating and Cooling. Trust in your family's comfort at home with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. Cider's highly trained technicians provide a one-stop shop for all home and business comfort needs, including an emergency service line that's always live. Get peace of mind by scheduling maintenance today with Cider Heating, Plumbing, and Electrical. That's Cider, S-E-I-D-E-R.com. So who's cold? I mean, it's really hard to say who's cold right now. To be fair, we're still very early in both the good and bad. We are still early. We have seen this movie before. But let's be honest. Someone that's cold right now is Christian Yelich. He's had a little bit of bad luck against him. He got the walks back in order today. A couple of walks drawn for him. He also grounded into a double play, but he did get an RBI tonight. Uh, just want to see him elevate the ball again. You know, like we've been asking for the last few years, he would tell you the same thing. Let's just see Christian Yelich get things going because everyone else in this lineup is doing a lot of good right now. And I don't want to bag on Christian, but he knows it. You know it. Let's let the dude play some ball, right? We're seven games in. There's no reason to overreact. I'm just doing it for the segment, okay? As for who hot, who's high, I mean, it's, it's no doubt. The pitching staff, three shutouts in seven games. Three of the last four are shutouts. Uh, even they didn't pitch poorly. You take out a couple of pitches by Corbin Burns, they could be even better. They've only allowed 16 runs in these first seven games. That is tied for the second fewest runs they've ever allowed in the first seven games of the season. And it goes back to 1977. They haven't had a number this low since 1977 when they were playing outdoors at County Stadium. So great stuff for the white-hot pitching staff right now. So that's Cider Heating and Cooling, who's hot and who's cold. Let's uh, hear from the manager after a 4-0 shutout win. Here's Craig Council after the win. Throwing the ball well, um, and um, you know they're we're you know as we've gone through the first week of the season here, they've gotten to the big spots too, which is great. You're getting everybody into some big spots, and and that's great for them. Um, you know, and then we're we're doing you know we're creating some. We give up zero, you know it's a zero again, and so give them a little bit of space, but still pitching in big spots. Just you know Gus pitching in that big spot tonight in the seventh. Um, I you know, thought he did a really nice job, and hope he got him out of it. But um, yeah, I thought Piamps, you know, he scattered a couple, but he's also throwing some really good pitches and, and not allowing a lot of good contact. Yeah, with Piamps, you know, he ended up walking the tight line there, but 
the, the swings looked uncomfortable. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the swing and bunt, you know, kind of got us into trouble. But, um, yeah, I mean, he also made some really good pitches on guys. What do you think of Brandon tonight? I mean, yeah, it's tough to tough to get any better than he's been doing. Um, thought he was thought he was excellent tonight. Thought he came out and his stuff was really really good. Um, got tired a little bit tonight. Uh, that's why we took him out a little bit sooner. Just, um, but everything's good and you know he's throwing the ball great, man. Um, you know the the velocity was huge at, in the start of the game. Um, and uh, you know it's it's 16 outs zeros. But, I was gonna say, how do you determine? Is that talking with him or do you? Yeah, see no, it's just a conversation with him. Yeah. Um, offensively, it was seven singles and eight walks. Yeah. And that's, I mean, just getting that much traffic on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pressure innings, right? It's. You know, I, I think we're doing a great job with quality at bats. Um, just a lot of tough outs. Um, you know, we, you're not going to cash in every single opportunity, but we we put up a ton of tough at bats tonight. And, and if and if that just continues, if that circular motion in the lineup, and and we're, we're going to score, um, we're going we're going to break through and score. So um, you know, it's different every night, but we create a lot of traffic tonight and um, got got some runs across in the third, um, and, and it held up. Were some of Willie's swings tonight the, the best swings you've seen from him this year? Um, I mean, I think he's taken some good swings. Uh, part yeah. of really why we probably asked is we saw him out early, and sometimes that's a guy frustrated, and sometimes that's just a guy who wants to work because it's, it's yeah. Easy. I mean, I think look, everybody's searching for the perfect feel and the great great feel, and um, it. It's not there every single day. That's 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 baseball. Um, we know Willie's going to be a, a big offensive producer, and we know he's going to have a great season. So um, you know, it's it's like it's it's a matter of time. Um, and he had some big hits tonight. You saw Flaherty. Was it sort of what you saw in the first one, where it's, it's hard to get hits at, at times? Yeah, I mean, he was. I mean, he he his velocity was up tonight compared as compared to his first start. Um, you know, he, he did scatter it a little bit, but the stuff is the stuff is good, and I thought we did a nice job against him. You pleased with how Matt Bush has thrown the ball after kind of the up and down spring that he had? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, with, with someone like Matt in spring training, we, we gave him some time to get into it. Um, I think that was the right thing to do, the appropriate thing to do. I'd do it again, um, and and it, we, I don't know that we were judging spring training for him. It's it's kind of get into the, get into camp get into it safely get into your innings safely um and, and he's turned it on and i was confident that was going to happen yeah i mean there's there's a lot of ways that you can always do revisionist history and things of that nature talking about that at the end of it with counsel but look it, everyone has a plan and sometimes the world thinks otherwise and that's life and it's how you react is what ends up happening? So the Brewers are still in A-OK shape. Look, they're seven wins in a row. Or they're going for seven wins in a row tomorrow. They've got six wins in a row. They have the second-best record in baseball so far. Only the Tampa Bay Rays, 7-0. and Amazing start for them. They, By the way, Tampa, they have won all seven of those games by at least four runs. That's the best since uh, the St. Louis Maroons in 1884 when the game was invented. Crazy stuff for Tampa Bay starting seven and zero so far, and it might get 
eight nine nine and zero as well with the Oakland A's in town right now. But uh, that's uh, Craig Council here on the show. We're going to relive this win. Brewers win four nothing. Highlights coming up next on Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. A 4-0 shutout victory for the Brew Crew. Here is how it happened. Started out, Jack Flaherty coming off of five no-hit innings in his first start of the year with an asterisk. There were seven walks in that game, so the Brewers knew the scouting report to stay patient. And boy, did they ever. On the other side, Brandon Woodruff, he had a great start other than one pitch to Ian Happ against the Cubs last Saturday. He picked up where he left off. He struck out uh, three of the first eight batters that he faced in this one. He was really rolling early in this contest. We'll pick up the highlights in the third inning. You know, the things that the number one thing that leads to hair loss from pitching coaches is leadoff walks. And a leadoff walk to Christian Yelich in the third against Jack Flaherty got things going in that inning. Jesse Winker would single the other way, just poking it past Nolan Arenado. Runners at first and second. Adamas would ground into a fielder's choice for the first out of the inning. It put runners on the corners and one out. Rowdy would lift the ball to deep left, but it would stay in the yard. A sacrifice fly put the first run of the game on the board. But it was the second out of the inning. The Brewers still needed a rally to keep things alive. Then a single by William Contreras to put runners on first and second for Garrett Mitchell coming to the plate. The 1-1. Line drive left field. That's a big hit for Garrett Mitchell. Adamas will trot home from third. Contreras stops at second. Garrett Mitchell delivers again, and the Brewers are up 2 to nothing on the Cardinals here in the third. Lane Grindle's call there, and the Brewers made Flaherty pay for that leadoff walk and came around to score. It was the only walk that would score in this game that reached base of the eight, but hey, you get the point. There was a lot of traffic throughout the night. But now we go to the top of the fourth inning, the next half frame. Cardinals mounting a rally of their own. A bloop hit by Brendan Donovan to start the inning. Then Alec Burleson with an infield hit on a great diving stop by Brian Anderson at third. They strike out Paul Goldschmidt, though. Runners on first and second and only one out. Arenado manages a blue pit. Bad base running by Brendan Donovan to not try and score on that play because it was clear nobody was going to get to it. So it loads the bases for that guy, Wilson Contreras, the nemesis just wearing different colors. The Brewers know how to get him out. Enthusiastic about it. Here's ground ball to short. Could be two. Adamas to second for one. Terang to first. In time. Woodruff gets out of it. Got the ground ball he was looking for. And the Brewers infield took care of the rest. They weren't done walking the tightrope. Still with a 2-0 game. Fast forwarding to the sixth. Now Brandon Woodruff has been lifted. Yoel Piomps coming in, making his home debut. He strikes out Paul Goldschmidt with a runner on first base. Then an infield hit by Nolan Arenado. A mistake by Piomps picking up a little grounder that would have gone foul. Instead, it's an infield hit. So now you've got two men on, two men out. He walks Wilson Contreras. Tyler O'Neill trying to prove himself to the Cardinals after a headline-filled week about hustle. Grounds out to end the inning. 21 delivery. Swinging a jam job grounder hit to Bryce Terang, and he throws him out to end the inning. That was ball four, and Tyler O'Neill got jammed and grounds out 4-3 if you go along with us. That was a theme all night, chasing and bad swings, ugly attacks, things of that nature, and the sinker was looking really good for Piops. 
Just for the cherry on top, the Brewers would add a couple more runs. An RBI ground out by Christian Yelich with the bases loaded in the sixth. And then the real fireworks. There's that man, Willie Adamas, his first of the year. And the 2-1 pitch. High fly ball, deep right field. Back on it is Walker at the track. Bye-bye baseball! Willie Adamas with his first home run of the season. And the Brewers on top, 4-0. 4-0 would be the final. Bryce Wilson finished things off in the ninth inning with a pair of strikeouts. It's their third shutout already of the young season, the most in baseball, and the fewest games needed in Brewers history to reach three shutouts. They're now 6-1. The Cardinals are now 2-5. We'll wrap up the show coming up after the break. Stay with us. 620 WTMJ. Six wins in a row for the Brew Crew. A shutout victory tonight against the Cardinals. We get ready to wrap up the show here shortly. I'm Dom Catronio. A reminder that if you're listening to this in podcast form, tell your friends we're available wherever you get your podcasts. That includes on the weekends. If we have a post-game show, it is available for you in podcast form after the fact. All the analysis that you could ever want, 140-plus post-game shows this season. Right here in your feeds, Brewers Extra Innings is the place to follow it. Tomorrow we are on the air with Brewers Warm-Up starting at 5 o'clock for a 6-10 first pitch. We'll be with you from 5 to 5.35. Then at 5.35, Network Pregame picks up with the On Deck Show with uh, Lane and Bob over there a couple booths over. And we'll be getting ready for Jordan Montgomery and Eric Lauer, a pair of Southpaws going at it in Game 2 of this three-game set. Then we'll be on at noon on Sunday for a 110 Easter first pitch against the Cardinals once again. And uh, we will be with you with warm-up all the way up until 1235 when the network pregame will take over. A few minutes left in this one. Want to look around the scores of Major League Baseball today. Uh, if you know an Angels fan nearby, uh, you know, pour one out for them. They are struggling again with the bullpen. They are currently trailing the Blue Jays. 4-3 to three in the bottom of the eighth in a game that they only have two hits to the Angels. One is by Mike Trout. It's a two-run homer. And the other is a single by Shohei Otani. That's it. That's all they've got. Blue Jays, again, leading that one by a 4-3 score. Cubs blanked the Rangers at Wrigley 2-0. Marcus Stroman picked up where he left off from the Brewers on his opening day start to tonight. He gets the win in that one. The Phillies in their home opener beat the Reds 5-2. Craig Kimbrell came in in that one and got his first save as a Philly. The Orioles came back on the Yankees and won 7-6, despite Oswaldo Cabrera going 3-4 for four in that one. The Twins, Sonny Gray, 7 strong innings and 13 strikeouts against the Houston Astros. Twins walk off in that one in extras by a 3-2 final. Elsewhere in the NL Central, the Pirates home opener, Andrew McCutcheon, it was an emotional moment. you got to check that out on Twitter. Pirates win 13-9. Brian Reynolds, another homer. He had six RBIs in that slugfest out in the Steel City. Uh, and also, obviously here, this one was an all-central matchup, and we mentioned the Reds already losing earlier today. And, and finally, the uh, Dodgers lost to the Diamondbacks by a 6-3 final out at Chase Field. So once again, we are on the air tomorrow at 5 o'clock with Brewers warm-up. I'll have uh, some audio from Brandon Woodruff after his start today, some other stuff, and some Craig Council reaction as well. And uh, we'll get you ready for Lauer v. Montgomery to finish up uh, this uh, Saturday and then get ready for Sunday's game. 
And Lauer pitched very well his last go of things, and despite the cold, despite the wind blowing out at Wrigley, he did a very good job pitching into the sixth inning. Would really like to see more of the same against a very potent lineup, and you got to look at Paul Goldschmidt's splits against left-handed pitching. It's actually kind of ridiculous what he's able to do last season in his MVP year against lefties. So that's going to be task number one for a hungry Cardinals lineup against Eric Lauer. He's going to try to hold them down as Jordan Montgomery gets the ball for them. My thanks to Jeff Cirillo for joining us once again. He'll be on the program tomorrow. And for Justin Pottinger, our producer, I'm Dom Catronio. Until next time, keep on swinging.